Hey everybody, this is Brent Kellogg, the pastor of Hill Spring Church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. And this is our podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us today. Our prayer is that this would inspire you, build your faith, and help you take the next step in Christ. Enjoy the message. Let me tell you though, real fast. So I've been in this church for 10 years. I've been doing youth ministry for a very long time. I love youth ministry, okay? Now I've had people come up to me before and say, Matt, is there ever a time that like, maybe you wanna go and be a senior pastor? Or Matt, like, if, have you ever thought about starting your own church? And like, I, I just haven't. I, I love this place. I've, I've, I've been with you guys my whole life, really. And so I don't have any reason to leave. And, and so a lot of people, they'll look at youth ministry, because I'm, I'm the youth pastor here. They'll look at youth ministry and think, well, a lot of times that's a stepping stone for people to go into the next level, to go to a next stop. Let, let me tell you, that's, that's not my goal at all. Let me tell you why I love youth ministry so much. Are you, are you ready for this? This is a Nintendo Switch controller, okay? I can use this and call it ministry research, all right? That's why I get to do it. So if you don't mind, you're gonna love me for this, but I'm gonna play a game real fast. If you don't mind, let's play the game. Here we go, here we go, okay? I don't know if you guys have played Super Mario or not, and I know it's really bad to put my, my back to you, but, but yeah. If you guys ever played Super Mario? Anyone ever got on this game? Okay, there's Acorn, Acorn. Uh, so you guys are like, what are we doing here at church? This is unholy, probably. Um, the Goombas kind of look like Ashley White, right? We see that, okay? Jumping up, getting that money. There you go, yeah, yeah, okay. Jump again, yeah, there's a, okay, I didn't go down that way, okay. Keep jumping. Yeah, you're like, how long is this gonna go? 25 minutes. Um, got that acorn, all right, got that acorn, and then you got the dancing turtle guy, that's sweet, okay. Got the shell, okay. You're like, oh, is it over yet? No, no, still going. Got that coin, here we go. You tell me, youth pastor, going down the tunnel, all right. Going down the tunnel, there we go. In the weird, in the depths, okay. I've been playing games like all, all Christmas break, okay. Um, getting those coins. This is not like normal, like I know some of you guys are like off, I know Charles is probably in here, he probably played like Pong or something, that old school game, all right. Oh, no, we're not done. It's still going. I'm going backwards now. Um, bouncing, okay. Going to get me some more acorns. I guess that's an acorn, okay. Okay, jumping. Oh, I know this is awkward for you, but I don't care. Um, getting them coins, son. All right. Uh, okay, got to get here. There's an incredible point that I'm trying to make, but it's not here yet. Okay. Double stomp, baby. Okay, jumping, jumping, jumping. See that flag right there? What's that flag called? You guys know? Call oh, the checkpoint. I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. Okay, so let me tell you real fast about the checkpoint. Checkpoint in the game, if you played any of the NES games or Super Nintendo games, if you played those, they didn't have a lot of checkpoints, all right? And if you're playing Mario, I know this is crazy, if you're playing Mario and you would start a level and you could get to almost the end of that level, if you didn't get a checkpoint, if you didn't go through the checkpoint, if you died, you would start back where? All the way at the beginning. You'd have to go right back to the beginning point. The checkpoint was incredible because it helped you get to a point where if you died, you could go back to that spot. You'd have to start all the way over. Let me, let me ask you, is not the new year a little bit like this? Like when we think about the new year, when we think about what this year comes into, like we have this, we play this silly game of, man, when the clock turns midnight, everything changes, right? Like, some of you, like tomorrow, some of you guys like that are big gym people, none of you, uh, some of you guys are, you're gonna, you're gonna go to the gym and you're gonna walk around 
And some of you guys have already bought memberships, and you're going to walk around, and you're going to see the bicep machine. You're going to see all those things, and you're going you're gonna to grab the weights, and you're going to drop them on your feet, and you're going you're gonna to do things wrong. Because right now you're motivated because it's the beginning of a new year. It's a silly game. And a lot of times, I mean, I think about, like, kids in school. A lot of times when they, they start school out, like, I know we have some teenagers. Any teenagers in the room right here right now? Any, any of you guys? Okay. Obviously quiet. Okay, great. You're going to go back uh, this week to school and maybe fired up to think, man, I'm going to get it this semester. Last semester, not so good. This semester, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to do great. I'm going to get, I'm going to stay on top of everything. I'm going to do everything I'm supposed to do. And by probably Friday, they're going to ask their neighbors for some paper and a pencil, right? They've, they've just lost it, all right? That's how it works because if you know the stats, New Year's resolutions don't really work all that much, right? How many of you guys have had a New Year's resolution and you did not complete it? Let me see those. Just be honest in church for one moment. Every person in this room, raise up your hand. You know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you're better than us looking around thinking, no, you ain't, okay? I'll call you out on it right now. It don't work, all right? A year ago, I swore by 2024 I'd have a six-pack, okay? I swore it, and I'm almost there, but it's not there yet. A couple years ago, my New Year's resolution was to quit biting my nails. Any nail biters in the room? To quit biting, quit biting my nails. If you look at them, it looks like a beaver just gnawed these things off, right? I haven't, haven't stopped this by any stretch. I'm still, I'm still biting my nails. We play this silly game of maybe tomorrow, I'll get it better. Maybe tomorrow, I'll fix it. This is what the New Year's is. And the, the big phrase, new, new year, new me, if we're honest, it's new year, the same me, right? Because the issues that most of us are trying to fix in our New Year's resolutions, guess what? They start with you and me. You got you where you're at right now. And, and I, just a quick truth that some of you guys will not like to hear because I don't like to hear this. Most of the time, or a lot of the time, the devil's not your biggest enemy. A lot of times it's just you. Let me ask you this. Does anyone lie to you more than you do? Go back to your resolutions real fast, right? Does anyone, like you know you better than anybody else, and yet we sometimes can be the worst person for ourselves. Again, less than 10% of New Year's resolutions ever come to pass. And so tonight, we'll gather together with our friends and all the people that we love, and we'll sing that song. I don't know how to, old Lang, I don't know what it's called. A song that really is about the idea of should we remember things, should we forget things coming into the new year? And so today, I guess my question for you is, what are you walking into 2024 with? And what in 2023 do you need to leave? What are you walking into 2024 with and what do you need to leave behind in this coming new year? The book of Jeremiah is a book in the Old Testament. It's one of the major prophets. Jeremiah is a weeping prophet to some extent. He was a prophet that's, if you read his book, it's a beautiful book, but it's also kind of a depressing book. And he writes about the people of God, the Israelites, and he writes about the judgment that's coming on them. If you know the story of God's chosen people, they were pulled out of Egypt, they were pulled out of slavery. God wanted to create a kingdom with them that he would be the only king over them, but they kept rebelling against God over and over and over. By the way, new year, new me. Again, Israel's had the same problem. New year, same me. They walked into the new year themselves the same way they walked out of the last one, 
what we're doing here today. And Jeremiah, he's writing, and he's telling his story, and he's talking about the judgment that God's gonna bring on his people. And in Jeremiah chapter six, if I could give you some homework, read Jeremiah six and tell me that's not this country, tell me that's not this, the state of the people, and maybe even, sadly, maybe the state of some of the churches even today. Jeremiah chapter six, he's, he's telling his story, and he's, he's telling the people of God what's going to happen to them. And he's proclaiming the judgment on them. So Jeremiah chapter six, verse 16, it says it like this. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Can I just say in 2024, maybe what you need is not Ozempic, Maybe what you need in 2024 is not to build up your biceps and your triceps. Maybe in 2024, it's not that you need to build up your bank account. Maybe in 2024, all we really need is just rest for our souls. Any of you guys tired? Just tired? Like life is just, since COVID, maybe even before, it's just, Things just drag and it's just tiring. You never have enough time. He says, I will give you rest for your souls. You can have all the money you want in your bank account, but if you don't have rest, what does it benefit you? Right? But if in 2024, our resolution was not those things, but that we'd have a little bit more of Jesus. And so today, we stand at a crossroads. In 2024, Hillspring Church, we stand together in a crossroads. Are we going to go together as a church, as a body? Are we going to go forward? Are we going to go backward? The Bible tells us that we are the body of Christ, that if you're hurting, I'm hurting. If I'm missing, then every, something else is missing, that we need each other. And so we have to do this together. And so I just have a couple things today. How do we find rest for our souls in 2024? Number one, these are, if you have notes, you can write these down. First one is this right here. You need to find confidence over your comparisons. Confidence over comparisons in your, in your life. In Acts chapter seven, there's a guy named Stephen, and Stephen's a martyr, first martyr of the Christian church, and he's preaching a sermon before he dies. And in the sermon, he, he writes this verse. He says, in Acts chapter seven, verse 22, he says, Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. Now, if you know the story of Moses and how God called Moses, he called him out of a burning bush, and he says, Moses, you're gonna go free the people of God. You're gonna go out and you're gonna bring them out of slavery. And Moses had a bunch of excuses. And his last excuse, he said, well, I'm gonna read it to you, is in verse 10, he says, Moses said to the Lord, hey, pardon your servant, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and I'm slow of tongue. So how do we go from Stephen saying that Moses was an incredible speaker, eloquent speaker, to Moses saying, no, I'm not good at all. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to talk. Bible doesn't tell us, but here's what I would think. Maybe Moses had a problem with comparing himself to the other speakers around him. Maybe Moses was, had an issue with looking at other people around him and saying, man, I wish I was, wish I was that, right? I, I wish I, I could have, like, I'm not, I'm not good compared to Pastor Brent. I'm not good compared to Pastor John. I can't do those things like they do. So how, how, 
how, how am I supposed to do anything for, for me? Comparison, you know this, will destroy you. Comparison is the enemy of God's destiny for your life. I, I don't know if any of you are track stars. Obviously, I am. And one of the things that you, you can see in a track is when you get together, you get in your lane, right? You get in your spot. And they, they, they shoot the little gun off, and you start running. You run down your lane. You run your way. Do you understand that God called you, you, in this room, to your own lane of life? That God has a certain spot and a certain segment for you? That I can't do what you do? That you can't do what I do? But if I try to be you, then I lose everything about me? And this is an issue that we all have. This is why, by the way, when we do fasting and we're asking you to fast from social media, it's because so, social media is nothing more than a comparison trap, right? Like I love, I love that you're posting pictures on Christmas. I love your pictures of your family. I, that's beautiful, that's incredible. Like I love seeing those things. But when you look at those pretty pictures, you don't see behind those pictures, right? and the fights, and the wars, and all the things going on in somebody's household. We just see the pretty side of it, and we think, why can we not be that? Why am I this way, and why do I deal with all this struggle, and no one else does? And you isolate yourself, because comparison will destroy your life. God has a lane for you. Every person in this room is called by God to be a minister of reconciliation. God has a ministry for you, and you can't do mine, and I can't do yours, but if we do it together, this is how the kingdom moves forward, amen? Comparison will destroy your destiny. In 2024, I'm praying that God calls you to be you today, that God calls you to be you, and that he calls me to be me, that I can't be everybody else, and you can't be everybody else either. And here's the truth to all this, by the way. God called, God called you. Your parents didn't call you. Right, your boss didn't call you. God called you. And if God called you, that means he has a purpose. He's the author, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. The quickest way to derail God's plan for your life is to try to live somebody else's. Can we in 2024 say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not gonna live off comparisons. I'm gonna live off the confidence that God's given me. God said that I am a royal priesthood. God said that before the foundations of the world were ever built, I knew you and I loved you. The Bible tells us that he loved us before we could love him. If we have that confidence, we don't have to compare ourselves to anything else. Amen? Let's give up comparison and let's be Hillspring Church who God wants us to be. Number two, you guys still with me? What rag time? Number two. I'm gonna ask you to fall forward. You're going to not compare yourself to something. Next thing happens is you let's fall forward in life. I um for years we took teenagers to the skating rink here in Sand Springs. And we still do. But when I started realizing again, like the, I've had these realizations a lot, but uh there's a risk reward re ratio that I get at the skating rink, okay? Kids always want me to put on the, the, the skating uh, things and get out there and go. And, and, and back when I was in my 20s, I thought, yeah, maybe I could handle that. In my 30s, if you're in your 30s, you know this, your back just hurts, right? I mean, it just, everything hurts at this point. And so we go and watch students go and, and, and go skate. And it's, it's like a great therapy session because they fall on their face and I can laugh at them. It's, it's incredible. You should try it. And one of the things that 
I think about, though, when they asked me to go skate with them is risk, reward. I could. I could get out there. I could try to attempt to skate. By the way, skating's a white person thing, by the way. Indians, we don't skate, all right? That's not our, that's not, I've never taught to skate, but that's a, that's a white person only thing. I could get out there and I could try, but if I did that and I fell, that's probably two to three weeks of icing my back, right? And do I, do I wanna work through that? When I was in my 20s, no issue. 30s, like that's a lot of a leave every single day, all right? On the hour, by the hour, that's how that works. And so, but again, when we talk about falling, you go to the skating ring, you see these kids fall, and they, they fall forward, they, they fall backwards, it's, it's great. In your life in 2024, look right here, I love you. You're gonna fall, right? It's gonna happen. No one, no one bats 100 on these. No, no, no one has a perfect score in their life. There are gonna be things that you do that you're gonna screw up at, and it's gonna be bad, and it's gonna hurt. And you have to accept that. I look at John chapter 21 and the story of Peter. You guys know the story of Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' closest disciples. A week before John 21, Jesus said to Peter, hey, Peter, you're gonna be the rock that I build the church on. You are gonna be the leader of the church. Like this huge boost of confidence to Peter. And a few days before John chapter 21, you know the story, Peter denies Jesus, not once, not twice, Three times. He denies them publicly. This is a moment where Peter has to feel like he messed everything up. This is a moment where Peter failed. This is a moment where he failed the Lord, and he fell on his face. And if you know how the story goes, Peter, when God called him, he was a fisherman. In John chapter 21, where do we see Peter? Fishing. He fell, and he went back to his old way of life. Look right here. I want you to get this. Some of you guys are there today. You've fallen. You screwed some stuff up. You went through a divorce. You went through a terrible breakup. You went through something, and, and you're not who you used to be anymore. And you've walked away. You didn't fall forward. You just, you just fell. Today, God's calling you back. God wants something more for you. John chapter 21, the Bible tells us that Jesus is on the this is after the resurrection, Jesus is on the beach and he's cooking some food and he's, he's at a fire. And the word tells us in verse four, or early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, have you not any fish? They said, no, we don't have, we don't have anything. Verse six says like this, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net and because of the large number of fish, they weren't able to pull all of the fish into, into the boat. Let's go to the next verse. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Said, hey, this is, this is God. As soon as Simon Peter heard him, it's the Lord. He wrapped his outer garment around him. He had taken it off and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 yards. Verse nine, when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. In the following minutes here, Peter sees Jesus, jumps in the water, swims after him, swims to find him. This person he just rejected, this person that he just turned away from, he gets in the water and he swims towards Jesus. And in these final couple moments, Jesus restores him back to who he was supposed to be. Jesus restores him back. He, re, he, he denied him three times. Jesus asks him three questions as a sign of restoration for his life that no matter what he had done, 
he could come back. If, if I could, I'm just going to take a minute here. Caden Cowan, I need you to come up here on stage real fast. Caden, come up here for a second. We give a big round of applause to my buddy Caden right there. Caden, what grade are you in? Ninth grader. Come on. Why is all these boys wearing cowboy boots and acting like they're cowboys? You guys live in Sand Springs. You don't got no farm. Um, so, Caden, here's what we're going to do. I need you to help me, okay? Anyone in this room ever had to teach a baby how to walk? Anyone ever had to teach a baby how to walk? Okay, nice. <laughs> Sorry for your kids if you haven't then. Um, so, you know, that, it, it can be interesting, and, and we've seen this process a little bit of, of kids. They, they, start to, they start to pull themselves up, right? And they kind of stand there, and, and then they just kind of test the water to see what would happen. Like, can, can, can I do it? So here's what I'm going to need you to do, Caden. All right, you ready? Can you, can you handle this? You're going to be a baby. All right. Are you a baby? <laughs> a lot of approval that I think you are. What I need you to do is you're going to take a couple steps towards me, and then I'm just going to have you fall. Okay? Because that's what happens, right? The baby's going to walk forward. What do they do? It's not hard, okay? <laughs> they fall. There we go. Side note, you're not supposed to insult the audience when you're preaching, but I do it all the time. Let's go back. Caden, take a couple steps. Let's go. Oh, this is hard for you, bud. No, actually, you're not a baby now. Just take some steps towards me. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. And fall. Oh, <laughs> Wow, you see that? All right, take a couple more steps to me. Come on. Come on. He's focused. Come on. Why don't you fall? Oh, <laughs> I didn't know he'd go that hardcore. Good for you, buddy. I just want to keep doing this now. We take a couple more. Hey, here's what I want to do. I'm going to let you guys take this one. When you want him to fall, you yell it out. You guys ready? <laughs> Let's do one more. Caden, take a couple steps, and then you, call, you tell him. <laughs> All right. Sit, sit on your booty right there for a second. Just curious, just curious, real fast, just curious. How many times did you think he fell? How many times did he fall? Four? I hear four? He fell, <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Looks like he, bet, he fell probably four, four or five times, right? Probably close to that, okay? Now, you're curious as well. How many steps did he take in that? You guys know? You don't know? You don't, you, you, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. But isn't it curious that we know how many times he fell down, right? Isn't it curious that we knew how many times he hit the ground? He hit it four or five times. But what we don't see sometimes is that he started here, and he ended here. Isn't it true that sometimes when you fall, if you fall forward, even though it hurts, even though it could be embarrassing, even though people around you know that you fell, that one time you were right here, and now you ended up right here, that if you fall forward, that doesn't mean that you're falling backwards, that God has a plan and a purpose that even in your falling, you can keep progressing further and further, that you weren't who you used to be, but now you can be all who God called you to be, that he's not calling for perfection out of your life, but progression out of your life? He fell four or five times, and everyone sees that. We all see it. I've fallen. You've fallen. But does not the Bible say that the righteous man, though he might fall 
five times or six times, he still keeps getting back up. If you wanna be called by God, you wanna be the righteousness of God, you want God to use your life, even though you fall to the ground, God says, stand back up. You didn't hear me tell him to get up and walk. You, you, just, heard me, you just heard me tell him, hey, take a couple steps. That's all God's calling this year. Just take some steps. Hey, I used to be depressed, but man, I got a little bit more hope this year. Hey, I, I used to, I struggled with generosity. I struggled with tithing, but hey, I took a step in, and it wasn't 10%, but I gave 2%. Hey, I, I wanted, I really wanted to serve in the ministry, and I was nervous, but, but I opened doors, and I started to usher a little bit, and that was my, my stepping into the moment. Fall forward. Fall forward. With Jesus at your side, we have the calling to fall forward. Will you give my buddy a big round of applause real fast? Be gone, boy. Failure is a moment. Failure is an event. Failure is not a person. I need you to hear me today. Failure is not a person. You are not a failure in the kingdom of God. You've been divorced, been addicted, struggling, screwed up. Failure is not who God called you to be. Failure is not who you are. God has more for you. Here's the third one, then we're gonna be done. Last one is, it's just, it's easy. It's check your heart. In 2024, we wanna figure out rest for our souls. Why don't we just check our heart a little bit? On Tuesday, again, we're starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. Uh, I would just caution you to come by the office because uh, I will be cranky. Um, and if you want any type of counseling, it will not go good for you. And so in 21 days of prayer and fasting though, what I need you to hear is that fasting needs to hurt a little bit. It just needs to hurt a little bit. It's not just, so, hey, I'm gonna turn my TV off after 7 p.m. It needs to hurt a little bit. That's what this is about. So it's, a lot of you guys, you're living on TikTok, you're living on, you're living on Facebook, you're living on social media, hopefully you don't have Snapchat, sorry kids. You need, you need to give it up for a little bit. Not because of me, but because of you. Because what, the Bible says that whatever we're a slave to is sin in our life. And I, I guarantee you, you look at your screen time, like I look at my screen time, and I'm a slave to a lot of different things. We have some big things on the horizon for our church. And in 2024, I bet you have some big things on the horizon for you. Mark chapter nine, and then I'm gonna finish this up here. Mark chapter nine is the story of a father and a son. You know this story. The father had a son who was demon-possessed. Some of you guys in this room have demon-possessed sons. I've seen them, they're in youth. And um, when the Bible tells us that they brought the son to, to the disciples for the demon to be pulled out, they, they asked the disciples to, to, to get the demon out of the son, and they couldn't do it, Right? And so they finally, they bring it to, they bring it to Jesus. Jesus, kind of, it's kind of a weird story. Jesus kind of gets angry. And he says, you unbelieving generation, what, what, what are you doing? And then he, he pulls the demon out of the sun. And afterwards, they're all hanging out and Jesus talking to his disciples. They say, hey, Jesus, what, like you, call, you said that we could go out and cast demons out. What, why, what happened to this one? And in your Bible, if you have a physical Bible, or if, maybe you're on your phone, it's, it's gonna say it like this, Mark 9, verse 28. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive this one out? 
He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Now, again, if you have a physical Bible or maybe in your, in your, in your Bible, there's a little footnote right there. And at the bottom, if you read that footnote, it says prayer and fasting. I, I, I'm not gonna go into why it, there's a footnote there. I don't, I don't need to go into that. What I would like to say, though, what I think we see in this is we all have one of these, this kind in our life, right? Jesus said, this kind of demon, this kind, it has to come out with prayer and fasting. I, it might not be a demon in your life, but you have, coming up this year, or maybe you're struggling with it right now, you have one of those this kind of situations in your life. This kind can only be fixed, not by just coming in here and worshiping, not just by coming in here and praying once in a while, but by prayer and fasting. What is the this kind? Maybe the this kind in your life is this kind of gossip. I struggle with gossip, and so I really need in this 21 days of prayer and fasting to get rid of that in my life. Maybe it's this kind is a lust issue. Maybe you, you're a man in this room and you have a struggle with your phone and the things that you look at when no one else is around you. This kind of issue, this is what we need to get rid of. In 21 days of prayer and fasting, are you willing to do all God's called you to do to see that thing pushed out of your life? The son, the, the son, had, he was just possessed and the father said, I've gotta get him to Jesus in whatever way I can. I've gotta get him there. Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Because some of you in this room have already wrote off the fact that you're not gonna turn your Facebook off. You just have done it, and you're not willing. And I'm not judging you, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is if you're not willing to do the small things, why would God do something big in your life? And I, and I don't wanna do it either. But I need to, because I need rest for my soul. So do you. And so we're gonna turn some things off. Fasting, by the way, is not manipulation of God. It's not God saying, whoa, he quit eating McDonald's for a little bit. I'll give him everything he wants. It's not that. Fasting is not a way out of the consequences that you're going through. Those are man-made. Fasting is surrendering to God our wants and our needs and putting it into his hand. Who are you in this story? Are you like the dad? I'll do anything I can to get to are, are, are you like the disciples who, I, I don't know why they couldn't cast it out. Maybe it was because they weren't doing prayer and fasting. Maybe they were doing it in their own, in their own power. Maybe, maybe that's your life. You've been trying to get rid of whatever issue it is in your life, or you've been trying to find some kind of peace in your own power, and it's not working. I, I, don't, I don't know. But this is where prayer and fasting come into place for us, because for most of us, prayer and fasting is just like this verse, just kind of a footnote in our life. I don't want that for you. If you have notes today, I want you to flip them over. I'm gonna give you a small exercise and we are going to be done, I promise you. Um, if you don't have notes, maybe write this down or get some notes when you're leaving. Here's how we do prayer and fasting in the Barnett household. I've done this for years and I'm not gonna act like I've done it um, faithfully for years either. But we do a spiritual inventory. And some of you guys I've, I've met with We've done this together. On the back of your notes, there's 11 different things that you do an inventory over. Why, why would we go into 21 days of prayer and fasting just aimlessly? Let's do this with purpose too. Let's get our spiritual life better. So on the first one, if you, and if you have notes, you can write this down. If you, if you don't have notes, whatever you wanna do here. The first one, and I learned this a long time ago at a leadership conference. You grade yourself, A, B, C, D, or F. Just grade yourself. So number one, how's my spiritual life? How's my Bible time? How's my prayer time? 
A, B, C, D, or F. I do this at the beginning of every month. I try to. I'm not even going to lie to you and act like I do. For 21 days of prayer and fasting, on Tuesday, I'm going to ask you to, to take this inventory out and do it yourself and check your own heart. My spiritual life, am I doing good? Number two, my marriage life. If you're married, how connected are you to your, to your spouse? Is there peace in our household? A, B, C, D, or F. Number three, my family life. Am my relationship with my family good? Is it, is it going well? Number four, my financial life. Am I, am I saving well? Am I spending well? Am I giving well? Number five, my work life. How am I at school or how am I at my job? If you're a teenager, it's school for you. How am I at my job? Am I doing good? Am I doing bad? Number six, my digital life. How's my screen time? Am I, am I doing okay or am I, am I spending too much time on, on TikTok? My ministry life. How am I doing in serving in the ministry? And that's anything in, in the church. Number eight, my social life. You need people. Am I, doing, am, am I isolating myself too much or am I spending time with other people? Number nine, this probably isn't a word, but I use it anyways, attitudinal life. How's my attitude in life? My attitude good? When I go places, is my, is my outlook on life any good? Number 10, how's my mental life? How are my thoughts? My thoughts good? Am I, am I dwelling on bad things? Am I just listening to constantly sad country music to make myself sadder, right? Number 11, my physical life. Am I, being, am I healthy? Am I, am I doing things to keep myself healthy? There's a lot more that we could go into there, but those 11 right there, and I'll post them on social media. Yes, you see, we don't have notes today. But that's a quick inventory list to check yourself. Here's the, here's the key to all this. Look right here. I want you to get this one. Here's the key to all this. After you grade yourself, after every single one of those, after number one, my, my, my devotional life, all I ask you to do, just write a sentence. How am I gonna make it better? How am I gonna make it better? You don't have to say, I'm gonna read the whole Bible tomorrow. How am I gonna make it better? At the beginning of every month, I try to do this inventory to check my own heart. For you guys, this is an easy way in 2024 to check where your heart is, what God wants to do. And it shows you the, deep, the spaces that maybe you're lacking. You can get right back. I love you guys. I'm excited for 2024. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's a couple of things I want to invite you to do. First, hit the subscribe button. That way, you won't miss a single episode. Secondly, if this message has impacted you and you would like to help us reach others, visit our website at hillspring.tv and hit the Give Now button so that we can take this message around the globe. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.